1: Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite—it's Judd's hockey show. Have you ever been part of the game where
2: you win even though they scored more goals? <laughs> yeah, fair question. <laughs> Billy said, "Billy said he got his, uh, or he has one like that." Um, but uh, I don't think I've ever seen one live for sure. So, um, but we needed that goal at that time, right? We were reeling a little bit. They were coming. Um, we needed some kind of a break. Um, and you know we were fortunate to have, have got it, and it really helped our mental psyche. I mean, I think you saw Moose going crazy there. That really, that really gave us a, a jump. It gave us a lift um, at a crucial time in a hockey game like that.
1: And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show After Dark, um, because well, when you win a game like the Wild did against the Washington Capitals, coming back for a three-two. Shootout win, we have to go immediately. I just got back for the rink. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, um, and Dex, there's so many talkers off this game. There are so hmm. many. On a night when the Wild did not have nine players, including eight skaters, and were piecemealing things together, and it really looked like for the majority of this game that they were going to lose to the Capitals uh, to come back. But I want to start with this one. Um, why don't you play Dean Everson's comments on, on Kevin Fiala who went from a terrible second period in which he took three penalties to being a hero by scoring a uh, shootout goal. And as you think about the maturation of this franchise and this team and certain players, uh, what Dean says here in his uh, post-game comments about Kevin, I think is instrumental. So Let's
2: take a listen to what Dean had to say. Our, th- our thought was he wasn't going to play again. Um, that's what we were doing. We we talked to the group. We didn't talk to the group about him in particular. We just talked about sticking together and playing for each other and all that stuff in between the second and third. Uh, but he did have a conversation. He called me over and had a, a private conversation, which I, I won't share the details, but um, basically said that he... Understands exactly what's going on. If he plays great, if he doesn't, he'll support his team. It meant a lot, so maybe that's another step in his development. Um, but like I said, we were fully prepared to not play him again. But everybody gets second opportunities or or more.
1: At the, at the first TV timeout, he also almost in an animated way went out on the ice, skated, started sticking his, you know,
2: tapping the, the shin pads of all his teammates, fist-pumping guys. I mean, yeah. do you think he was trying to show you that, like, look, I'm not going to mope here. I'm yeah. going to support these guys. Yeah. yeah, that's what he did. He, he, he said regardless of if he plays or not, he's going to support his teammates. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted. Um, so if if you're going to say it, let's let's give him an opportunity to prove it. And uh, he did. He made a crucial play in the end. Obviously, he scored in the, the shootout, but... He made a crucial play to, to collect that puck um, off of the scrum there, the face-off, and, and get it back. He made some sound plays. You know, good for him. He's, uh, you know, he's part of the team, and um, hopefully this is another step in the right direction.
1: On a night tackling off when, when again, there's, um, there's an own goal scored by the Capitals that, uh, that gave the Wild their first goal of the game uh kapokokkanen played great there was just a lot of things that, that uh, transpired that were fun in this game um but i think that what we just heard there is the most important storyline because kevin fiala and dean right yeah. could have basically been like it's not working he's benched kevin could, could have pouted and and i think that they're they're was a time, as we just heard a discussion right there, about there was a time when Kevin would have pouted and he would have been benched and been um, pissed off and night would have been done. And again, you're down eight skaters. Like mm-hmm. that's a remarkable statement. I was willing to sit really a top end guy <laughs> for an entire period because I'm so mad. And instead of him pouting, he said, I get it totally. I am not going to check out my bad, my fault. I think that is an incredible. I think it, it's an incredible example, Dex, of of how Kevin has grown, and probably just as importantly, this entire team. Like, can yep. you imagine two years ago if this had taken place? It would have been a disaster. Yeah. Um, I am just. I am so impressed by how all sides handled what looked like a really bad thing and turned it into probably a positive.
0: Self-awareness is a pretty great thing, Um, and I feel like this team has so much self-awareness just of who they are and their identity of this team, and Kevin Fiala, who, yeah, had an awful night in the second period. Three penalties in like a six-minute span. Capitals get a couple power play goals. You're down Kirill. You're down Eck. You're down so many mainstay players, and to bench your most dynamic, at least on paper, player for the last 20 minutes of that period, or for the majority of that third period, I should say, Pretty ballsy decision, even though Dean references that I don't have to explain why I benched him, and I don't think there'd be any much argument from media, from fans, to say, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense why you benched him. Even out of my own horse's mouth here, who loves Kevin Fiala and defends him right and left, I understood why he didn't play in the third period. It makes a whole lick of sense. But I think the way, and for whatever that conversation, whatever transpired there, I think it was incredible for Kevin to own up to it and I think it's more important for Dean to say, who knows Fiala very well, coached him in the minors, knows his tendencies, probably even knows him for more of the things that annoys him than the yes. good things, which is probably oh, yeah. something that is, yes we sometimes maybe forget about, even I forget about. But for those two to have that relationship, there's clearly a trust in one another, even though they probably drive one another crazy. Mm-hmm. For both of them to recognize that and then Fiala to go full Kirill in the shootout move, that's Kirill's move. The, mm-hmm. the Fiala, Fiala shootout tally, that was a Kirill Kaprizov special right there. Um, and then for him to get the shootout goal to help the Wild get the win, but also I think from a hockey standpoint, sometimes I sometimes poo-poo and just kind of roll my eyes at, but I will say it's still important for him to be a team guy, which is what Dean said. I, I'm still going to support the team. I, I understand the mistakes I made tonight, but don't, don't not think that I'm not going to still support this team. Yes. And for, I think, Dean to recognize that and for Fiala to tell him that yep. goes a long way.
1: And nothing that he did um, on the ice got him back on. It, it It was that. It was the fact that this guy who a year and for sure two years back would have gone into the big pout. There's no question about it. He would have pouted. He, he would have been benched. He wouldn't have taken it well. Um, I don't think he would have said much to us, but I do think that it would have been apparent that it was not going well. And and Dex, that's the type of stuff that always gets us closer to, can Kevin Fiala really be here? I mean, you could trade him. You could get a pretty good trade for him. Um, tonight was a hard stop on that to say, whoa, that's really impressive. This, this guy, this guy at a moment when he could have been embarrassed as like, you know, hold on a second, Dino. You're benching me. We got nobody, right? Like, like we're down eight, nine guys and I'm being benched and yeah, I took penalties, but come on. Right We didn't see that, and I just I mean tonight's the last two games, really, and and there are, again, there's a lot of tentacles to get into here, but just from a 10,000 foot view of these last two games, coming off five consecutive defeats with the season stopping and starting and stopping, starting again, um you go into Boston and win against what had been a hot team. The capitals are damn good. Now, they did play and lost in St. Louis last night, so they were in a predicament of back-to-backs. But nonetheless, you're down throughout the majority of this game, and it would have been pretty simple to be like, you know what? Not our night. Too bad. We're down a lot of guys. Um, Fiala's Fiala's night sort of summarizes what I like about this team as a whole.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And, I mean, they just – and I would guess it's a credit to the locker room, to the players, to Dean – um, that there's not just this hard line, you screwed up, you're out, or or I should play, right? Like Kevin could have been like, I should play, Dean, what are you doing here? Um, everybody, it feels like cliche alert, um, everybody is in it for the team, which Dex again goes back to our discussions about the old wild, the Vikings, you know, when. Adver- the ability to overcome adversity is what pro sports is about and that ability is based on intangibles and and acceptance and give and take and this team right now has that and these last two games to win back-to-back games against two uh, good teams when you continue to just lose guys left and right mm-hmm. sorry man i i i know that i'm you know um lots of times negative and and poo-pooing stuff. I'm impressed. I'm just impressed.
0: Let's say this about the wild, the fact they got back to back wins against the Bruins um in a game where they lost their superstar and that broadcast was miserable. I'm not I've already heard my grievances about that. But then they come out here against the Capitals where they're completely short staffed, essentially playing their AHL team. I mean, it was the yes. Minnesota-Iowa Wild. I heard even the Iowa mascot, for God's sakes, was in town was. at the XL tonight. That's how that's how short-staffed. It was Norty's birthday. Okay, Nordy's birthday. It was Nordy's birthday. Happy Black birthday, Hawks mascot, Predators um, mascot. Oh, God, don't know. We're not going to go down there. Uh, but I, I think it shows that this team can still find ways to win. How refreshing is it? I know this is a lot of fans that consume us and consume Judd's hockey show, I, I'll say this first, are coming here for Hockey Takes. They're coming here to watch you and I talk about the Wild and, and and what we learned and what we saw. But how refreshing is it, even just from a Minnesota sports broad spectrum of someone who maybe is joining the show that likes the Wild, but is also maybe just not all in on the Wild because maybe you don't really care or it's just you're not your favorite team, which I completely understand. Sure. But how refreshing is it to see if you were a common sports fan to see a team that was essentially playing their minor league players and has injuries left and right and they still find ways to win games. Yeah. When I watch the when we have watched yes. the 2021 Vikings, oh man, if Cook didn't fumble, if, if Joseph hits that kick, if they get a stop on third down, you no know, they could be they should be four wins better. They should well yeah, they should be, but guess what? They're not right. They're not. The wild have figured out ways to still win games when adversity has been slapping them on both sides of the face. Over the last month, they're still figuring out ways to win games. That's what's refreshing to me as a Minnesota sports fan to see a team yes. that is able to handle adversity and not make any damn excuse about something. When one of your star players is having a terrible night, the coach has benched you. The coach has benched you. Right. Mike Zimmer would have said, Do you, he would have said, did, did you see Fiala's game tonight? I didn't have to have a conversation with him. I didn't, you saw what you saw. right? You know, There was no conversation. That doesn't matter to you and, and whatever where Dean Evison said, no, I recognize that. I thought that was important. I wanted, to get in, I wanted him to get back into it. Chris Finch even has this to a degree with the Timberwolves. He, he's not afraid to publicly call out one of his core star players, but then still give an honest response and still keep it all in the locker room and keep it as a team of how I can build up that player. Yep. That's what's impressive to me about the Wild. And that's what it's so 180 different about the Vikings, which ironically enough, this Vikings team looks like the 2018 Wild with the stalls and Koivus and the last of the Rider coils, etc. Yep. That's why it's so funny to me. But at the same time, the Wild getting four points, four huge points against yep. the Bruins and Capitals for the standings right now after not playing for essentially the better part of the last two and a half weeks was huge.
1: And it's not a fluke now. Um, because the sample size has grown and grown and grown, it's not a fluke that this team wins late or ties late. Like, this is not a. I I think that we, as fans and, and teams, as an excuse, often want to say, like the 2021 Vikings did, that if they lose late, you know, like, I mean, we, we could have won, to your point, Dex, those games, right? But at some point in time, okay, that might be true for one or two games, but if it's four or five games, that's not a fluke, that's you. And and the flip side is this team, which, which, you know, has, what, 10 or 11, six on five goals and four or five have tied scores late, which is pretty doggone good. Um, and and the nice thing, too, is when the Wild had uh, Kapokokkanen, who we'll talk about in a second, pulled mm-hmm. tonight and, and Zuccarello scored with 30, 34.7 seconds left, you're not surprised now and and it's not like oh oh you know they started to try hard now no they actually tried hard but this is this te- i mean this team's identity more so than the actual players i think declan this team's identity is refreshing and impressive yep and like there's nothing about what they're doing that i feel the need to say it's a fluke or or just wait now i have no idea if this team can make a, a run i don't know and perhaps with injuries and how weird things have been they can't i don't know that one but i do have an ability having watched this team play as much as we have and as much as we do i do have an ability to appreciate this team um and and just to go through the through the list so nine guys tonight unavailable okay kaprizov upper body erickson eck same three thing greenway and Duhame, covid bukestead out six weeks brodine out and it could be a long time and that's bad, that's news. bad, news. bad news spurgeon hurt and out um talbot hurt and out um and, and then i think it was not too far too long before the game started Goligoski covid so you are literally. I, I just went through a list of of <laughs> what one, two, three key defensemen, absolutely key out. Your starting goalie out, forwards including Kaprizov and Eck, absolutely key instrumental players out. Um, but that gets us to a second consecutive game in goal, Capo, yeah, Capo um, in Boston was really good, and it, we talked about it on jhs after that game again tonight he was damn good and so in fact he had he allowed two goals on 31 shots um certainly made it intriguing there late in what ot when when he raced tried to outrace ovechkin for a puck backhanded the puck uh essentially i think to um to uh, Tom Wilson of the Capitals and then had to make a save on Wilson's quick shot <laughs> from basically the face-off dot. Oh, he was awesome. in the face-off circle. So, I, I mean, that got a little bit dicey. But the point being is, you know, back-to-back games, he's been outstanding, Declan. He yep. has been outstanding. And, and uh, that's just the depth of this team and the ability of guys, at least in these last two games, to step forward and not just do a nice job but do a damn good job and in goal as well i mean that's that gives you more and more confidence that that with talbot out they can Mm -hmm. at least weather the storm
0: yeah koppel's been phenomenal over the last honestly six seven games here i know he's been having to basically carry the team with cam talbot now injured um but Kapo, again, I think had another very inspiring performance. Our friend of the show, Jesse Pierce, joined us. And I write that down from the Bar Down Beauties podcast. They do a great job as well if you're interested in another wild podcast. Um, she said she's, they're going to trade Kapo Cockney by the deadline. She just doesn't think that, number one, he's the answer. two, maybe you can get something for him because he's still young and you don't know what you can unlock from him. Another team could bite. But Kapo was great tonight. Um, another big performance. Capitals are no slouch. They're without Oshi. Um and and I know they're still and they're coming off the heels of a back to back, but Capo could have been that overwhelmed.
1: First line. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That first line's damn good too.
0: And Capo had really a good big performance tonight. Um yeah. I, I thought his comments too, I, I was watching uh I saw a highlight on Twitter. I, I watched the opposing broadcast, which I'll get into here in a little bit later on in the show from the Capitals side. Um but but Capo said I, I like playing the best teams. I like playing the best teams because it can show me that I I can hang with these guys, which is number one. Goalies are so much weirdos, and they're kind of, honestly, overly confident people sometimes to their, to their favor and sometimes to their also downfall, as we, we have seen from certain goaltenders here in Wild History. Um, but I thought Capo's comments about that were really interesting. And, and there is a belief here that Kapo actually is legitimate. You don't have to go out and spend maybe a, a, um, a third-round pick to get a backup to get to Cam. There might be a two-headed monster here. I mean, remember last year, Judd, you and I were flip-flopping. Who's, who's start, at the at the first part of last season in the shortened fifty six gamer? We said who is going to start game one. I was one? thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Copper played now, great
1: at that time,
0: and and then he was streaky. Talbot yep. was battling injuries. Talbot's also been very streaky this year. He's rolled in waves of being basically unplayable to being waves where oh, this is a guy I can actually you can ride and can probably steal you a game or two in the playoffs. Yep, I will say you know playoff wise Talbot is tested. Talbot hasn't ever looked really that overmatched. Uh, in even prior wild tenure in the postseason, he's he's weathered the storm. He's done enough to prove that he's an NHL caliber goalie that you can rely on in the playoffs. Can you carry? Can you basically? Can he carry you to a Stanley Cup over four rounds? Well, who knows? That there's only a select few that can do that, and it's honestly more of a judgment call than it is a projecting outside of the top three or top two or three goaltenders in the NHL. But I thought Coppa was phenomenal tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he had a very a very another big strong game uh analytically, he's kind of risen back up above that goal saved above average. I believe my guy, Jay Fresh Hockey, does a great job on analytics. And if you want to know more about analytics, I highly recommend subscribing to his Patreon account. He breaks it down in visual ways that make it very easy to understand and explain. I believe the Wild coming in tonight were exactly zeros. They were dead even and goals saved above expected, which is a metric that basically says, can an average goalie stop these goals? And is the team overperforming? And stopping those goals, or are they underperforming? Like for example, Colorado's been miserable in goaltending this year. Darcy Kemper's won a lot of games because yeah. Colorado's good, but yeah. he's looked awful, and he has been allowing it? goals he should not be allowing. He's not that good, and he's not that good. <laughs>
1: he but, was good in Arizona, yeah. But
0: but the Wild this season have been they've been stopping the exact amount of goals they should be stopping. They're not yes. stopping them more at a higher rate, but they're also not allowing them more at a at a rate that is that is hurting them. So they've been exactly basically. League average in that statistic, which is fine, but you probably still want them to be positive if you have a belief that they can make a playoff run. I thought Kakinen had a big start tonight
1: yeah and if if um these past two games he is not outstanding, they don't win yep so so and that's where and I don't think that he needs to uh become one a but with Cam out, he needs to be a solid one B. Like he can't be out. Well, he was a backup, and uh, now he's got to play, and this is not good. So the fact that that he has the ability, and we did to what you're talking about, Declan, we did see this last year when when we actually had a few weeks there, I think, where we debated should if the playoffs started today, would Kapo start? And he was in that case at, at that time a 1B who was playing really well. And that's what he's doing now. And, and I think I can safely say that if he does not have an outstanding game in Boston a couple nights back and tonight against the Caps, mm-hmm. the Wild lose both games. And that doesn't mean that they wouldn't have tried hard, it just means that, that they lose both games. Uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, about a guy tonight who I felt was outstanding. And I don't think he's going to get in all the storylines that exist about this game. I don't think he's going to get a lot of attention, but I think it's worth talking about because it's a seismic shift with as many guys out in in, in how this team uh, performed. Matthew Boldy, Um he went from he, he started the game with Rossi at center and Felino on the right wing. and then when Fiala got benched, and they did not change this, and they might not now. He was promoted to the first line, Zuccarello on the right wing, Boldy on the left wing, Hartman at center. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matthew Boldy tonight showed what I have been talking about, which is he plays wing, but he is a hybrid center. He has the ability. He made about five really nice passes. Um, Should he shoot more? Perhaps. But that being said, he's got really good sense and ice sense and, and hockey sense and he made some outstanding plays and if you watch this kid in person dex mm-hmm. it's really imp- like he does a lot of very smart things he he looks like he's been in in this league for like 2 or 3 years mm-hmm. um and and with guys out i really think that he he's huge rossi doesn't it doesn't shock me marco rossi has really good speed and i think he's going to be a good good player uh but as we talked about when both these guys got the call, Marco Rossi is probably borderline. Like he's trying to, he's trying to um, get a sense of himself here. And I don't know that he 1000% definitively belongs here yet. Mm -hmm. Um, He certainly doesn't look bad, but I don't think that he looks, he he doesn't look completely comfortable yet. Uh, Boldy looks comfortable. And, and, I'll make the same statement that I made after he scored in his first game against the Bruins. He is what I envision a power forward uh, player with skill being. Uh, and tonight, I just thought he played an outstanding game that's probably not going to be talked about a lot.
0: What's so funny is Boldy and Rossi are six months apart in age. So, I mean, they're they're essentially the same age. You know, they're both 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Boldy was drafted in 2019, Marco Rossi being drafted, what, in 2020, just a year later. Rossi was the higher pedigree pick. He was the top 10 pick. Boldy was the 19th overall pick in a, I will say, a loaded draft. The 2019 draft, and I think we're going to talk about in five or 10 years being one of those very special drafts, um, from like 2003, 2004. Okay, sure, so I, It's going to be a special draft. Trevor Ziegris looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Right. Um, it, it's a special draft. What's so funny to me is um, Boldy and Rossi are six months apart, but Boldy has, has played college hockey at an elite level. He stepped in the AHL right away and played at an elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, Rossi obviously had the heart myocarditis con- uh, condition that kept him out of playing hockey for good reason last year. So so he is not as fresh. He's not as experienced. He's not as ripe basically mm-hmm. as, as Boldy is. And look, Rossi tore up the OHL, and, and the OHL, uh, for someone to do what he did, the Capitals broadcast touched on this tonight, is damn impressive for an 18-year-old what he did. But the OHL is an, also an offensive first league. Yep. Points happen all the time. Yep. Um, I think it's safe to say, and I, I was going to throw this question at you because I, wanted to, I was going to ask what your opinion was of both of them in person having you being at the X tonight. It, it seems like to me, because uh, the Wild are off here for six days, if players start to get healthy – it wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me at all if, if Rossi would, were to be sent down, but mm-hmm. it would shock me if Matthew Boldy ever plays a game in Iowa mm-hmm. again. Agreed. Like, Agreed I, I, I I think Matthew Boldy, I would be shocked if and Matthew Boldy, Boldy gets demoted.
1: And, and Boldy is one, he's bigger two, he's playing wing. and And I think the ability to adapt there quicker is probably not as tough. I mean, in Rossi's defense, he is stepping in and playing a position that's damn tough. Like, there's there's a ton of responsibilities. Um, I, I think that there's far more expected of you at, at uh, center from a team standpoint. And so I think the ask there is is more. But I think you're 1,000% right. Uh, Boldy not doesn't just belong here. When guys get healthy, he's, he's a top six guy for sure. Um, and I'm talking with everybody back. Um, But uh, Matthew Boldy, to me, is everything that we wanted Greenway, as I said a couple nights ago after the Boston game. Coyle, he's that guy. And so I don't think he's just going to stick here. I think he's a top-six guy. He's that good. He's that talented. Um, And if what I've seen in two games, including tonight in person – is is um what's to come we're talking about a guy who's going to knock your socks off like he's that good and so yeah you're yeah marco rossi is being asked to do probably a tougher job and and yeah if he goes back down i won't be shocked matthew boldy doesn't just belong here he belongs here playing an absolute ton
0: I like Darian's comment here with the addition of Matthew Boldy. Is this the end of Kevin Fiala? By the way, if you like daily Minnesota sports entertainment, hit the subscribe button Um, for Minnesota wild Vikings, Timberwolves uh, entertainment right here. Mackie and Judd, Declan Goff from score North. Uh, I I think long-term yes to answer Darian's questions. Yes. Uh, This was kind of always the plan in place. Um, as much as I, I have sang Kevin Fiala's praises and I think uh, it's dangerous to punt and give up on just natural goal scores because this you need legitimate goal scores to compete in the NHL, um, I do think so. I, I don't know if Fiala gets moved at the deadline. It wouldn't shock me if you were to acquire a high-profile player that Kevin Fiala's name gets dangled mostly because of salary cap reasons. Like You mm-hmm. basically almost have to swap out money I think Kevin's at like 5.75 in that arbitration deal he has. So you essentially, whatever contract you're inheriting, so if it would be Thomas Hurdle, which is someone we have been kicking around, honestly, recklessly speculating on since the summer, as we like to do here on Score North, um, if it was Thomas Hurdle, you would have to probably move Fiala just to make salaries work on top of other things that make the trade work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think long-term to answer Darian's question here is yes, I, I think Boldy does push Fiala out. Now, I'm not in a rush to do it. I'm not going to rush to trade Fiala at the trade deadline, Judd. I don't know what, what you think on that, but if if you were to get a Thomas Hurdle, if you were to get a center of the magnitude, I think it's almost inevitable, and also just because of math-wise, that Kevin Fiala goes away in that trade.
1: Okay, I think at this point By in time... By the way,
0: Thomas Hurdle with a hat trick tonight. Uh, oh, he's, so
1: he's, very, he's very, very good. Um, I think at this point in time, so I... Don't Bill Guerin is not gonna trade Kevin just to trade him. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the acquisition of a a potential top center, especially, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, hurdles in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. So he he would be a rental. Um as far as that goes, a lot of my personal opinion about that is going to hinge on when our guys coming back. Like if Brodeen's out for a long for the long term my confidence in an actual playoff run goes down a bit uh Kaprizov I don't know so like like some of this is going to depend on who can I get back when um I would not be surprised Declan because I do think Kevin I do think that there's a good chance uh that at some point in time he's dealt I would not be surprised if he is traded though in the summertime um and if the trade doesn't turn into something that it makes more sense as far as as not an immediate need, uh, but get something back that you like a lot, because Boldy is going to play a ton. Um, I have reservations right now in watching this year how weird things are too about what this team is going to do to make a run. Um, I was much more I was much more confident about that a month back or two months back. I'm less confident now. It's not because I don't like this team. I do. Uh, But I think Bill is also cognizant of the fact that if he's going to make trades, especially with this team up against the cap for what, two or three years now coming up, that they're going to be trade. That they're not necessarily going to be trades for the right now. They might be trades that are going to put you in a good position.
0: Let me ask you a. Uh, and I don't have the sounder, unfortunately, but let me give you just a reckless trade idea right now. I think I know your answer to it, but I'm just going to throw it out here sure. as a as a trade proposal. Sure. What if you went up to San Jose and you said, "We'll give you. We want Thomas Hurdle, but we'll give you Kevin Fiala, and we'll give you Jesper Wallstead, the young stud goalie mm-hmm. that." that the Wild just drafted and was looking well in the World Juniors Tournament before it was canceled. But if you weren't able to give up any draft picks, but you gave up the 20th overall pick from just, what, eight months ago from the last NHL draft, Kevin Fiala and Jesper Walstead, a goalie that San Jose could potentially build around for years to come and still get a nice dynamic forward in Kevin Fiala. What is your thoughts on that trade?
1: Jesper Walstead is not being traded by me. I, I love him. I, I think he is your I think he is your Talbot replacement and Capo, God bless him. I don't know that he is the guy. Um I think Wallstead's the guy. So so and and I think that they're positioned really well with Cam Talbot to to use him up and then show him the door. And Wallstead, who is 18 or 19? Nineteen. Like he's a kid. Nineteen. Um, but are position to bring him in and i think that he is then your goalie um i i saw him play before they canceled the tournament (laughs) i'm putting up all these comments yeah i see you know i'm not gonna call you stupid like like this is reckless speculation it's a lifestyle choice um it's not like uh make the trade it's uh you throw out the trades to say yay or nay yeah and i'm saying nay um I saw Walsh play one game before they canceled the World Juniors and I loved him. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the he's got the skills, he's got the technique. I loved him. I think he is your goaltender. So no and and again, I am very as much as I like this team, I am very on the fence about like what I think they can do so so do i want to do a rental and i don't know that the answer to that question is yes i might be more inclined to trade fiala in the summer Mm -hmm. in a trade that's going to net me pieces that i can use eventually that's just a thought but yeah i i think this is i think you drafted your goalie and Mm -hmm. and god bless bill garrett in this franchise for for i mean Making what's a ballsy move, but if they have a, a rookie goalie come in on a rookie contract, I love that.
0: So, uh, number one. Let me just, as everyone is throwing out the They're YouTube just comments, piling
1: on you, and I didn't pile on you for the record. And I, just... I
0: love coming up with especially wild, reckless trade speculations, oh, you're pun get intended. Hammered on Twitter because uh, I've been hammered before. Right, in you should tweet the audio form and everything else. No, I'm not going to tweet it. I don't you want to be tweet out. I might for tweet that. Out. One. Go for it. You can do it. for I me.
1: might tweet out that you suggested. Here,
0: here's the thing, though. Here's the fun part about always coming up with trades, and this honestly goes beyond the Wild. It goes to other Minnesota sports team because actually hockey and baseball are very much uh, in the same bin when it comes to when you try to come up with trades. Sure. Because there's prospect pools, right? Like mm-hmm. football, you draft a guy day one, and he's probably going to contribute to you. Basketball, for the most part, also a similar situation. Yep. Um, it's always hilarious to me when, all right, well, let's come up with a trade idea. Okay, uh, well, we have these top three prospects. Okay, we can't trade any of these top three prospects. Well, here's the deal. If you want Thomas Hurdle, if you want the marquee guy, one yeah. of those three has to go. Right. So, so which of those evils, which of those poisons, are you willing to swallow to say, "All right, I guess I can part with that guy." This is not a video game where you can just turn off the GM mode and say, "Hey, I'm going to make a trade out of thin right. air uh, for, for whomever I can come up with." You you have to you have to give something back up. Right. So, yes, the Wild drafted Jesper to be their goaltender of the future. He's 19 years old, and let me just say, goaltending prospects are and are a lot like baseball prospects, there is a good chance that Jesper even with how well he looked in the World Juniors, you won't see Jesper Wallstead in a wild uniform regularly for two years. Maybe yeah. even three years. Yeah, I'd say probably two years, more probably. likely two to three years. Yep.
1: Twenty one, twenty two, yeah.
0: You and you and I have talked about this with past wild teams, you can't get in the assumption, and this is yep. where fans get in a trap. You yep. can't get an the assumption that in two thousand twenty five and we're doing a podcast three years from now that we're still at the Wild are still at the same level. They're still competing for a cup. They're still running things. Unfortunately, for a team like the Wild, as they're constructed and in this media market, you can't have that assumption. So that, that's where I would, I would not be hesitant to make that trade. And if San Jose said, Yeah, we'll take Fiaba, we want Jesper Walstead, and Bill Guerin said, Oh, I absolutely, I cannot do that, yep. I would have reservations. But Bill Guerin knows what the hell he's doing, and I'm just a guy with a microphone.
1: And Hurdle's a rental, so like he's really good, but it's a rental. You're you're going for it. You better be damn sure. Um, and I don't know if if guys are going to be if we've got certain players here who are going to be out for a long time or potentially the season. Um, you know that changes my opinion. Some that changes the dynamic uh, because it's not like you're going to keep the player i mean if with how much look the wilds up against the cap if they trade for for thomas hurdle as a rental he walks and i don't really like that one so um would i consider a fiala trade with like a with a draft pick or a pro- right. or a different prospect yeah i probably would but again i need to i need to pull the range back here and see where this team is at as well and see and see where things are I will say that if you're getting at the point that that expecting Rossi to contribute really significantly into the playoffs is too big of a ask I don't disagree there because I do I think what you're asking him I think Marco Rossi's gonna be really good but I also think that expecting him to be really good in the course of the 2021-22 season is a big ask so yeah I mean but reckless speculation is exactly that so yeah i see that folks are really down on you and it's it's hard i mean but that's not know, surprising on, either it's I mean, late at night come on folks me. cut decks a break um the own goal the oh own goal okay
0: <sighs> yeah what was that like in person
1: um it was i literally said to myself in the press box that's going to go in the net and then you're like for a second you're like is it going to count and the conversation that took place among the officials, and I think Ovechkin was, I don't know, he was mad, but he, he was sort best. of protesting, yeah. uh, was was that that Marcus Felino had touched the puck. Now, he had deflected it, but he didn't gain control. And officially the rule is, and this is interpreted by, by Cruz very differently at times, officially the rule is, if I touch the puck, but I don't control it, the play is not dead. And so I believe it was Carl Hagelin flipped the puck back towards the, towards the point in the wild zone. And he flipped it towards Ovechkin and another, I believe, Capitals player. It split them and went into the goal. So, so that's 2-1. Initially the goal was credited to Ryan Hartman, but the rule is it's the last player to have touched it, which was because he deflected it, uh, Felino, The funniest thing is his 100th career goal. That's right. So it's a it's this historical marker. Here's the great part: Marcus Fellino will forever be a trivia question that I don't think has been accomplished previously or will ever be again. Marcus Fellino's 100th goal came on on a credited goal on which he does not get credited with a shot on goal mm-hmm. because he didn't shoot the puck. Right. So. So he got the goal without a, a shot. And actually, I got a note from... So I tweeted I tweeted Jason Stark, who loves, like, weird sports stats. And oh, he's yeah. like Mr. Baseball weird on sport, on shows. Yep. weird stats. Yeah, he's a great mm-hmm. guy. Um, I tweeted him, you'll love this. And he tweeted me back, and he researched it. And what? I vaguely recall this. Did Erickson Eck... Score, get credited for a similar goal against the Coyotes. I think it was a game in Arizona where where he got a goal, no shot, and I and it was so it was something that was along the same lines. It might have been an empty net goal um, that that was at the end of a game, and in this case, this was a uh, a yes. delayed penalty. It but, was, but he found it that Ericksonek mm-hmm. no shot on goal credited with the goal against the Coyotes. I think into an empty net near the end of a game.
0: Yes, Jason, uh, Jason Stark did reply back to you and said, it acted in Arizona last year. Uh, Jeremy's comment here, the cap announcers went nuts. I was watching the Capitals broadcast, and uh, and I believe, and I looked this up too, they said that's the first time it's happened because it happened uh, to the benefit of the Capitals two years ago, Josh Bailey of the Islanders, a okay. similar situation. Josh Bailey put the puck in his own net while the while the Capitals were – also had a delayed penalty called against them. They d- they didn't say that who got credit for the goal from the Washington standpoint, but they were also going nuts. They were like, I, that's going to go. They said the same thing as it was trickling in from neutral ice into the capital zone. I, I forget the play-by-play now, so That's going to go in the net. That's going to go that's, in the net. said the
1: same thing I said. I said, that's yeah. going in the net.
0: That's going in the net. So, uh, yeah, just one of the most wackiest goals I've ever seen. I mean, I wasn't there oh, in yeah. person either, and I'm sure it was even the, – the funny thing is from – from people that don't know from our listeners' standpoint, I'll say watching hockey from the press box at the XL Energy center just to give you a visual you're we're high up we're at the highest up as you can possibly be so we're above even the 200 level yep. but the game and and I say this as someone who hasn't played hockey the game looks really easy from up there and the game right. looks slower much so slower than slower. you think yep from up there it, just, you can it see looks, the plays looks being... a lot a lot easier from mm-hmm. up there in person mm-hmm. I'm sure watching that puck just meticulate its way down the ice saying, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's going to go in the net. Uh, must've been some sight to see. So I I thought it was one of the wackiest and most hilarious goals I've ever seen happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, they do happen every, you know, blue moon, you could say, right? Like it happens every, every few years and whatnot, but one of the wackiest things, man, one of the wackiest things.
1: So, it actually took place, the, the same exact thing, delayed uh, penalty took place in a Gopher-Badger game a few months back. That's right. In Madison. Yeah. And and the Badgers did the same exact thing, threw it back to, to the point, and you're watching it on TV, in that case, going down the ice. And I'm, oh my God, that's going go, go to go in the goal, and that yeah. counts. The first, the first um, goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League to be credited with the goal was Billy Smith. And and he he was credited with the goal because it, it was the Islanders and Rockies back when when Colorado had the Rockies. Sure. And Rob Ramage of the Rockies did the same exact thing. He threw the puck back towards the point. It went right past where the point guy was supposed to be and into the Rockies goal, own goal. In that case, the last person to touch the puck was the goaltender, Billy Smith. And that was the only National Hockey League goal scored by a goalie, I think, until Ron Hextall actually did fire the puck into an empty net towards the end of a game uh, playing for the Flyers. And if I'm not mistaken, Hextall scored a couple of goals that way throughout the course of his career. But, yeah, it was um, it was a bizarre night. There was a lot of bizarre stuff. It was, like, there man. was just a lot of weird – it was a fun game. And And, look, I went there thinking – no Kaprizov, nine guys out. This game's gonna stink. But yeah. I want to see Ovechkin. I want to see. And the other, the last thing is, for the first time, because I've I've been to um a bunch of or a few Capitals Wild games at the X. Me too. The first time to to, for the first time on the, the Capitals power play, I decided I am going to watch Ovechkin a lo- Like I'm not going to watch the play. I'm going to watch him.
0: I do this every time I go to
1: he stays out there mm-hmm. for the entire thing which, which which does have two groups he just is in both groups and the incredible thing now if i felt like more often tonight he dropped back to a point but the first capitals power play Ovechkin dex and i tweeted this and this is there is zero judgment okay he's one of the greatest players of all time he has scored more power play goals than any else so mm-hmm. i am not like this is not a take the
0: record i do think he'll break the record exactly personally.
1: so but but what i'm saying is this is not a take it's an observation he he literally when the puck is cleared lollygags so he went out to to the wild so he he went from his his quote unquote power play office in the circle puck gets cleared he goes essentially to, in this case, the wild side of neutral. He waits. They come back in. He joins them, goes right to his place. Um, It's a remarkable testament at his age and, and with his experience and the fact that he plays the entire power play. It's a remarkable testament to how he keeps himself fresh. It was so interesting because you could be like, well, come on, man, try harder. And he did – there there was a power play or two after that where he did more. But I loved that because it's like these guys like Ovechkin, LeBron James, yeah. they're so damn smart in, yes. in how they maintain themselves.
0: What I noticed, and this was just on TV, was during the first um, Capitals power play opportunity, I believe Kalen Addison was out there for uh, for the first PK shift. And poor Kalen Addison, um, who was is, who is in charge of flanking and, and – Trying to potentially block Ovi's office there, just in that circle in his Ovi Island, as I like to call it. Even yeah, uh, I like that. And and every time the puck's the point, poor poor Kealan. And I even noticed Kealan Addison's got his head basically locked into his shoulder, ready to potentially sell out, but also like I'm going to sell out, but I'm going to take the worst slap shot in the world, in yes. the possible. And I am a. I, I think I know what I'm doing here, but i am being thrown in the fire, and the poor kid has to be tasked with trying to block Ovechkin's slap shot. Like, bro, like no, no. good luck, man. No, like, man. I don't blame you at all. The goaltend- Let at the all.
1: goaltender take that shot. Yes. Let no the kidding. goaltender take that shot. Um oh my God. B- Because you you could deflect it accidentally or worse, block yeah. it. You know what? Kapokokkanen has all of those pads on. Give him a clear view of said shot. Yeah. So, so he's got a chance, but yeah, do not take that shot, man. Don't. That, that's going to hurt like hell.
0: Last thing, uh, from me here before we wrap. So, I obviously, as you know, I like to try to watch the opposing broadcasts. Uh, when I watch wild games, I watch the Capitals' broadcast tonight. Uh, I was not impressed. Joe um, Betnadi, right? Yep. And Joe is the play-by-play. Craig Lachlan. Craig Lachlan. He was on color tonight. He's been around forever too. Um, and both those guys, and I think because of COVID protocols were in studio, so they were back in. Back in the Washington. Is this new thing now? It might be. I feel I think like it might be.
1: Yeah, I feel like. Um, so
0: they yeah. were back in studio, Kep. but you would. Uh, I, one of the things that and there's numerous of them that gripes me about the local broadcast is when the opposing team scores, it just stays the exact same, and Zolgad scores from yeah. the circle, and we're tied, and they do the too. same. Yeah, that's that's what when the, the, band the did. Wild tied it in in regulation. If it wasn't for me going, bah! <sighs> when when they actually scored the goal. You would have, if you weren't looking up, you would have had no idea that the game was just tied with 36 oh. seconds left. Yeah, that stuff just infuriates me. It and and I will say, calling the game from the studio is a different feel. But right. they are professional broadcasters here. Okay, so it's not like they're amateurs and they don't know what they're doing. I expect a little bit more. I, I like I've I've honestly liked a lot of the other local broadcasts that I've been able to watch throughout the last year or so. Yep. Um with the means I watch the games, but I was not impressed with the Capitals tonight. Second straight podcast. I've had to come out and bitch about the broadcast. I don't like doing that.
1: I don't like the whole I don't like the thing about not being excited about goals. I it uh-huh. just it, look. Um the flat line thing, I, I hate that. It it's like it's fine if you if you want to be upset that that your team got the game tied against them, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But show some emotion. Like, in that game, it had a lot of weird twists and turns and plot twists, and it was fun. Um, yeah, I hate this thing where broadcasters have decided that if my team does not score, I'm going to be flat. It's like, why?
0: Yeah, um, get excited, man.
1: In in my youth, Al, uh, who, who did a great job. Yes, Sh- Shaver was unbelievable. Yeah, But when the opposing team would score... Al Shaver would raise his voice, like mm-hmm. like he would get excited about it. it's a goal. Like there, there's no like, well, they just scored Shot a goal. goal. So yeah, you're right, you're exactly right. Show some emotion,
0: show some emotion, man, and
1: enjoy the like, enjoy this game. I mean the that was a really really fun, yeah,
0: game. yeah. So, I know.
1: Show it, show yeah. uh, excitement. So yeah, all right. Um, tell people where they can consume more, uh, um, Judd's Hockey Show and all of our Score North programming, and then do your thing.
0: Yeah, uh, Judd Zolgat on my my right here. I'm Declan Goff, Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, We provide Minnesota wild content for you right here on our Score North YouTube channel. If you like daily Minnesota sports entertainment, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. These podcasts also exist on Apple, on Spotify. The Score North app is a kind of central hub for everything you want for Score North from Judd's written work, um, from our videos, from our podcasts. There's plenty of stuff right there on the app it's on the Apple and the Google Play Store. Um, and then if you also love your Minnesota Vikings, which that season desperately wraps up tomorrow, <laughs> hang out with us on Ventline. We're, We're going to be, be a launching Ventline. We it's not Mike Zimmer. It's not to break down the game. I nope. can tell you that much. Nope. Um, we'll be we'll be breaking things down on our purple daily YouTube channel. That's a secondary YouTube channel that we have. Hit the subscribe button on that for also Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Uh, but I will say now the Vikings are over, Judd, and baseball never ever coming back for all, as I know. Yeah. Uh, it's wild and Timberwolves season right here for Score North. On top of oh, some reckless God. speculation on the NFL and what the Vikings are going to do, there's going to be some new faces in charge here. You and I broke down a podcast from Jason Locke and Fora, basically confirming that Mike Zimmer is going to be axed tomorrow. What they're going to, what are they going to do with Rick Spielman? So yep. There's plenty of things still to discuss here. Oh, in Vikings sports
1: scene. Vikings fodder. Never sleeps. It ne- it does. It does not end. The nice thing is there's at least one team, if not two now, in this town likable. The Wild for sure, and I think the Wolves. The Wolves are pushing closer. So, yes, e- exactly right. All right, um, say your thing, and we'll see you all soon.
0: Pass, shoot, score, and after Wild wins, we do one last thing. Thank you for watching.
2: Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard
0: work and having
2: fun. that.